All right, everyone, welcome to new episode of MySpace. Um, so today's episode is purely analysis, and on the episode today, we'll be talking about a couple of games, a couple of selected games. Um, firstly, Man United versus Leeds, or Leeds versus Man United, um, whatever way you want to look at it. And that game ended for goes to two in favor of Man United. Or we'll talk about Barca versus Valencia. Mm. Game ended for goals one in favor of Barcelona, and um, the biggest game, in my opinion, of the Premier League last weekend: Man City versus Tottenham Hotspur. Three goals to two in favor of Tottenham Hotspur, and so yeah, that's it for this. Precious, welcome here. Yeah, nice to be here today to discuss all <laughs> the wonderful game we call football and. Nice to to be able to share this with everyone who listens with us. Yeah, glad to be here. All right, so where will we start from? Yeah, like you said earlier, we're starting with Leeds versus Man United. Okay, all right. It was a very interesting game of football. Yeah, we managed to concede two goals in a minute. For the neutral fan, it was an interesting game of football. <laughs> we're, we're really lucky to come out of that on yeah, so yeah. I feel like in that match it was decided by quality that was just, that was just yeah it was it was and I, and I feel like um, Rafani coming onto the field of play just after Fred scored to I, I don't know if he came on but I mean yeah he came on sort of not also, not I, I, I don't know if he left his technical area or he Came to calm his players down, right? And I felt that worked because you had to, you had to see McTominay. I, I, I was surprised at the fact that he did not get sent off. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, like the guy can be reckless. He can really be reckless, but I guess that's part of his game because the best players know how to toe the line. You get even when it's just like Matic when he's on a yellow card, you get. He doesn't do anything like too aggressive, but he still gets stuck in. You get and yeah, and you can see clearly that even with McTominay, there's no intent to hurt a player like another. You get it's usually he just wants to win the ball, and he's a very physical kind of player. But red cards are mostly because of intent to hurt. You get or lashing out, and you can see he's always ha- he always has his threat face and. Ready to go about his job. Yeah. yeah. How we've been, or you have been consistently bashing McTominay and Fred. How did you see your performances on Sunday? Oh, their performance on Sunday? Yeah. <laughs> their performance, McTominay, he wasn't too bad. He, he delivered what McTominay normally delivers. The energy and all that, but I still don't. I don't think he's. I don't think he's a defensive midfielder because for we are forgetting that we were actually bad for like a lot of spells in that game. And if Leeds were able to like have any sort of quality, like we would have been punished severely. And that's usually the case with Man United. Like since this season, you get. It's mm-hmm. as if we're always giving players opportunities. Okay, we saw this guy. This guy, uh, Matthias Click. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just kept shooting, like, and he was so wayward and tame. But he so had a lot of chances, you get, to, to mm-hmm. give a good effort, a good account, and all that, especially around the box. Mine looks so frail, like, when the opposition is in our box, and all yeah. that. So, it's... Okay, go on, go on. So that happened. That happened, like, throughout the match. McTominay initially started with Poba. I felt like Poba was our best midfielder in that game. And unfortunately, he had to be taken off because the game leads we are playing at an intensity that Poba cannot normally play at to get him. Yeah, and then... Yeah. and then, Okay, so um, quickly, I, I want us to talk on this. Now, there is an argument that... um. McTominay and Fred provide the most balanced midfield for Man United alongside Bruno Fernandes. And also, 
that Paul Pogba is the hardest player to fit into the team because we do not have a natural defensive midfielder. Yes, that's actually very correct because we don't have a natural defensive midfielder. Right, so um, that's, and... that's the argument. Is, uh, and I, 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 I understand, to be honest, um, because um, Paul Pogba now, um, you're trying to place defensive duties on him because because you don't have extra defensive midfielder to do the job for you, and so that's it. So, precious, what's your opinion on this? My opinion is, as we all know, like Popova is not he's not a defensive midfielder. You get he's not a defensive midfielder, and he struggles to play in a pivot like without any defensive midfielder alongside him, someone <laughs> that that is going to like cover for him so that he can get forward and he can roam around the pitch like he normally likes to do. But now, my problem with playing McTominay and Fred is that the job of a midfielder is not just to defend. You get, he needs to be able to play the ball and they don't play the ball very well. I see Lindelof like as a better ball player than McTominay and Fred. He you is. see what he did against he you get, yeah. He's so and... comfortable running with the ball and he can always spot a pass like I think Lindelof, Lindelof is better than Maguire. Lindelof made that goal. Yes. You get, he keeps, and he, he did that consistently throughout the match. You get, taking yeah. the ball and calmly taking it through midfield to the edge of their box. And that is like how many players you've taken out by making that single run, you get. And that's yeah. the kind of things that you see from the best defenders in the world right now, you get. They can always break with the ball and and even you know, advance past the midfield. We see it with we see it with um, defenders like we see it with I know we see it with Laporte, we see it with um Kalido Kulibali. Yes, Kulibali Upamecano. You get they they are always comfortable like breaking the line, like take the ball, carry it, carry it past the midfield or even to, to the halfway line and play a good pass. You get so mm-hmm. Now, the problem that I have with McTominay and Fred is that they don't play good passes. They don't. Like, it feels refreshing, you get, to, to have a team where we have, you know, Poba, um, Fernandez, and Sancho. You get, the weight of Sancho's pass is what, is what reminds me that forwards should be able to play the ball. You get, yeah, and the weight on his pass is so, is so good. I... I think um, Sancho, Sancho could easily have had a hatchet of soup. One of them. Yes. Yes. No. Unfortunately, oh well. I mean, he still scored, but I was I was pissed when he missed that chance because that was that was a goal. it was too clean. Like, why did you have to hit it that way? He was trying to place it with his left foot. Like. When a similar chance, are you are you there? Okay. I don't know if you can remember Sancho's first goal. I think it was against Villarreal or something. Uh, it the was one... the Champions League. Yes, I, in the I, Champions League. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. Can you yeah, remember yes. how hard he kicked that ball like to the roof? I definitely, definitely. You get when yeah. when you're on the right and you're a right footer, you get it's always better to go high and to the right. You get and trying to place the ball with your left foot. You get or kick it really hard to the left because if you're trying to place the ball, like you can't take it to the edge because you're not a left footer. You get so what you can do is to kick it really hard as you can. You get and then play it at the near post, which was the best thing that he could have done. But let's let's not leave the issue of McTominay and Fred. You get okay if we look at the best because. I, I want each segment, and we have three anal- analysis segments. I want each, each segment to take 20 minutes so that we know how to work on time. 20 minutes, and then um, the segment for predictions and roundup for the, the Champions League preview to take about 10 minutes. So, yeah, let me just quickly run through this. Okay. Now, if we look at the best teams you get in England and in Europe right now, you get. You you don't get just steel steel just steel anymore. You get you you need steel and finesse. You get yeah. to play in the best midfields in, in the world right now. You look at Man City, 
you look at Liverpool. Everyone is you look tough. at Brighton and Albion. Yes, everyone is tough and they can still play a pass. Do you understand? Like because you have energy and you are very tough and maybe you're probably good in the tackle. You get it doesn't mean that you shouldn't know how to play a pass. You get when Liverpool play the highest amount of long balls, even more than Burnley. You get, but the difference between Liverpool and Burnley is the accuracy of their long balls. And the you intention, get. because I don't understand Burnley ball. <laughs> yes. Now, like, Liverpool, they can ping it, and everyone can play that long ball. Right from yeah. their centre-back. Okay. Yeah, everyone can play the long ball. And uh, it's... Being able to do that is the responsibility of of um a modern modern defense or a modern midfielder you, you can't just be still you need to be able to press with energy and also to play those passes and i don't think popoba is fully fit right now self like i don't think i think he was rushed back and he shouldn't be having to decide games yet you get because we know what popoba is when he's fit and and yeah. willing he was taken off by the way yes yes and when he was taken off um after this, I I want us to talk tactics for that game, and um, we're going to start um, would like the analysis proper by the, the decisions by the manager, the in-game decisions by the manager. First of all, decision to take Popoba off, um, to bring Antonio on, to bring Fred on. I mean, he paid off. What did you think he was thinking when he made those decisions? Well. I think Poba was starting to disappear in the game. I think he was starting to fade in the game, and it's to be expected. But we've had a lot of we've had to to have him play a lot of minutes. You get since his injury, and it was yeah. quite serious. You get so he shouldn't have been rushed back like that, anyways. And but I feel like number one is they wanted Fred to be able to match the energy of Leeds. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. That was wrong. That was like, necessary because I. I, I feel at that point we had was it even 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 when they scored the second goal, I feel yeah. we had we had we had what it took to win that game. That's the, pro- was, that's the problem. That's the problem. There was a lot of a lot. Leeds' of number one issue is the lack of quality in their squad. You get and yeah, and, and they, they play a huge play like a huge difference between like there are just some quality players and then there's the ones that are not good at all. Are well below average. Yes, well below average, and it shows, and it shows, and he's really trying to just pull one or two things together. But that that match, they were always going to lose it. Even when we were two two, like drawing that match, like I knew that at least the way they play, you get they don't play in 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 accordance to the quality at their disposal. They always want to match up with the opposition and yeah. try to play like yeah. they do. And that now shows up the players in their squad that are not good enough. Exposes exposes so, the players a lot. That's just it. There are some clubs that if you were at that, that position in that squad line, they would show up. You get and make sure that it ends at the draw. But that's not how Leeds play. And the match is the fixture is a fixture with a very great history. So everyone was trying to win it. I didn't think anybody was going to try and go for a draw. And Elanga's Elanga's bringing Elanga on was it was absolutely necessary because Lingard did not look like he was ready to play that match. Oh my goodness! And in in I th- I I think in our last two episodes, it, you 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 talked about Jesse not playing enough and the fact that he had to play for a World Cup here. And I I mean I was really happy to see him team shit and well, I was that, happy, that, but that the, where Jesse excels against Atletico Madrid, I'll leave that for the preview. Where Jesse excels is not a position that is available at Man United. He he looks so good when he's playing behind the striker. Yeah. So that he can get and he would have been excellent playing behind the striker against Leeds. But we know Bruno Fernandez can't be dropped. You always have to play your best players. That's yeah. what I usually say. So a couple of times. Of course you can't drop Bruno Fernandez just because of that moment of quality that he can always pop up. In the box, outside the box, anyway, creating chances and finishing them off. So it's it was it was a good decision from him. It was a good decision from him throughout right. the game. And I was happy he didn't try to bring on Rashford. Do you have do you have concerns over Ronaldo? I mean, um, it's been it's been on and off. I wouldn't say on and off. It's been most 
on this year. And it's I'm I'm starting to feel concerned. I mean, you've always emphasized on the fact that you have to play your best players. Your best players have to be on the pitch. But with Ronaldo, it feels like he's not delivering. And the chances that that are getting to him are getting wasted. I I don't know. And people like to say I have an agenda against Ronaldo. I, I'm, I've been very clear on the fact that I think Messi is the greatest player of all time. And maybe that's why people think I have an agenda against Ronaldo. But I don't, to be honest. To be honest, I, I, I feel like these players don't have anything to, to push to anyone in. But then because Ronaldo plays for my team, it's only natural that there will be an inclination for me to want him to perform. And his output to affect me. So, do you do you feel concerned about Ronaldo's outputs? Even we have a very important game in Spain on Wednesday. I'm yeah. not, I'm not, I'm not as concerned about Ronaldo as I am the rest of the team. I'm more concerned about Luke Shaw. I'm more concerned about Harry Maguire than Ronaldo is the least of my problem. Because how can you be more concerned about your highest goal scorer? No, but it's just, <laughs> it's just, it's just numbers. I mean, it's numbers. Yes. It's just numbers, and football is a game of numbers. If no, you're you, beat five you, zero, you, if you're beat five zero, can you say yes? I played well, and I just lost five zero. Is just the number. It's it's Man United. Um, I I know we've not the numbers been don't lie. For, That's just it. for the like, past five years. But we are a big team, and no one's going to beat us five nil when when we perform well. I'm saying because I'm we're a big team, we have the quality. numbers. In contrast, what you're even saying, like. The numbers don't lie. That's the that's that's the game of football for you. You get, and if you look at it, Ronaldo has not been the problem in any way because he has not been called to press and he didn't press. And you always see him in the right positions, but well, he's been missing. It, he got one chance against Leeds. That was just one chance. Against cost goals, current opportunity. By the way, that was just one chance. And then nobody seemed to be able to find his run throughout the game. You 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 are comparing Ronaldo to people that are playing in complete teams. Man United is a is a trash team. Man United current currently is worse yeah. than Tottenham. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yes. That's so now how can you put how can you put okay? Have you seen the season Harry Kane is having? Yeah, I have. So would you not play Kane? I'll play Kane. Yes, because he is Harry Kane. You get because because of what he did against Man City. You see the season he's having, and yeah. he can turn up in a game and deliver something like this. It's just like Ronaldo against Atletico Madrid. No matter the kind of season he's having, he always knows how to score Atletico Madrid. We hope that will be the case. Well, in the preview segments, we're going to have a lot to talk about quickly in two minutes. Can we talk on tactical approach to the game? Man United Atletico Madrid. Man United versus Leeds or Leeds versus okay. Man United. Okay, tactical approach to, to yeah. the game. I feel like Man United, we did not come to press because we knew that we Le- we are very bad Leeds at have pressing. a lot of energy. So. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Ragnik, Ragnik has awoken to the, the fact the that these that. players are not good <laughs> enough. <laughs> and he's, he's just trying to make ends meet. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> The moment he, he he switched, he changed from play. They knew that he was just trying to make sure that the season ended at least not on a low. Yes, <laughs> yes. He never have to be on a high. Yes. So you can see that even it is a playing with more courage than us. But yeah, one thing and is we totally dominated the midfield till. Yes, we've on. always been losing the midfield battle. Like we've always been losing the midfield battle, and. That has been something that has been consistent throughout the season. You get. So, mm-hmm. and most times I struggle to find out what the game plan is, you get. Because we are not playing counter-attack and we are not playing possession either. Like, it's very <laughs> difficult to find out what my United is playing. Yeah, for the game I feel like just within within several instances, like during the game, you get. He just mm-hmm. tries to or react to what the opponent is doing. You get. He just comes in and says, okay, let's vibe to these guys for like 20, 30 minutes and see how they want to play today. And then when he finds out, then and he then starts trying to react. one or two things. Yeah. Yeah. Get, I hope that something happens like during the match. Because we can't say we are playing very compact you get, and limiting the spaces in the middle. Because we are very yeah. open in the middle. And we can't say, yes, we are pressing high. Because we are not pressing high. We can't say we are dropping too. 
because you're not dropping back to like it's as if the players are left to figure it out by themselves and then the coach just helps to hopes to make the right substitutions and all that so and I, there's really not much to uh, unless from the elite's perspective i don't know why they didn't play daniel james up front because I would totally have played him up front against Man United and then giving them possession. Like, it's just, I feel like Bielsa is a very stubborn coach. You get it. <laughs> and mm-hmm. he tries to make the opposition play the way he wants them to play. You get But And he doesn't have to you know that, that Maguire is not pacey and Lindelof is not pacey. Why don't you just play two up front? You get two very quick people mm-hmm. up front and and then soak up the pressure. You get your players are not quality anyways. Yeah, he's he's, he's hell bent on playing like playing the like, same like, way, and it doesn't work. It doesn't work. All right, it doesn't I'm, work. Just, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna talk on how Bilanjit and Sancho has been. It's it's been it's been a fresh air because I mean, I've had to talk, I've had to defend Sancho, I've had to talk about. I mean, it was obvious everybody knew that he would perform, but for some reason, because um, Nicolas Pepe came to Arsenal and. And then um, all of these players, and then people, 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 people wanted Sancho to fail, and I'm, I'm happy he's performing. And quickly, um, he should have had three assists, and he's he's been racking up numbers, and 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 not just the numbers, he's been consistently playing, and giving everything a winger should give. Yes, he has, he has, and that was what we had on 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 the label. You get when we are getting Sancho. Yeah, a creative player that can play on both sides and can p- play a pass. You get, I don't think his finishing is not is not really up to par to what's expected in the Premier League, but he can definitely play a pass. He knows how to put the weight on it, and he's so industrious. Like the energy that he tracks back with is is a relief to see. Like I hope Rashford is taking notes. Like. <laughs> Definitely. You get, when you lose the ball, th- that's what happens when you when you lent your trade. You get in a club where nobody is is too big. You get mm-hmm. like everybody has to contribute. You get to mm-hmm. win the ball back. You get that that that's that's one of the things that actually made me made me upset that that we are not playing Van de Beek. You get because this guy comes from a good footballing culture. You get. All the ways that you want to play and the big boys play is the way Ayas players are taught to play. You get. And then this is the guy that definitely can give you what you want from a midfield partnership and you never give him a chance. And that's the same thing with Ole. Like, I don't know if he has if he had a problem with good players, like players that actually knew what they were doing. Because Sancho, we're talking about how bad of a season that Sancho was having. You get... You always play your best players. You can't buy him for that price and try to now bring him off the bench. That's not how it works. You get you have to give him that confidence of yes, like you're here. He's always trying too hard to protect the players, pamper them. When he's a star, you bought him for 80 million. He should be playing, he should be starting. Let the pressure be on him. You get that's why you bought him 80 million. If you thought he wouldn't handle the pressure, you get you'd have tried to lose him. The kind of players that you're not sure that will handle the pressure, you loan them, you don't buy them 80 yeah. million. So, I mean, okay, okay. So, um, and um, this is where we round up for this. Um, on the next segment of the podcast, we'll be talking about Tottenham Hotspur's game against Man City, a really brilliant game of football. And I, I just want to you, if you have not seen a um, what's his name, Rodrigo's goal against Man United for rewatch that. Beautiful goal, by the way. All right, so um, next segment we'll talk about Man versus Tottenham. See you. Okay. All right, welcome back. Um, so on the menu for this episode is Tottenham versus Man City. Like you mentioned, we go to the team of Tottenham also, and two goals are scored in extra time, weren't they? Yes. Yes, they were. I think that match was. I think that match was nine minutes or seven minutes of shorter. Yeah, and oh man, what what a game, man! I it's it's Are very. Hurricane was. Watch this game. Hurricane should 
you should have gotten like a doping test after that match because it was <laughs> it was so oh, it was so fire and how do, do you think Harry has evolved I mean there was a time when well I think anyway he used to be just an out and out striker that no, depended solely on he's service. never been an out an out, an out and out striker that's not been his game that's not been his game you know he was a midfielder before right no, I don't. Yeah, he was a midfielder. He was an attacking midfielder when he made his debut. Okay. So, he's never been like an out-and-out striker, you get. He's very good in the box, but he's more like a complete forward. Mm. You understand? Yeah, it depends on... It depends on... the. It depends on... Um, how do you say it? Um, the phase of play, you get. That determines yeah. where he's going to be. If there's nobody in the box, he's going to try and make that run. Especially when he really wants to play, like when he's really determined. It was just like, I don't know if you remember um, the Euros, when he started getting so much slack that he's done for, he can't play and all that. And then he now went on the goal-scoring run. Yeah. yeah. Get, so that's really the kind of player that he is. Like, if he's up for it, like, he can be very deadly because... In the whole of Tottenham, I think he's the best passer of the ball and also the best shooter of the ball. Like, the guy has some... His technique is so good. And that assist to Son was off his left foot, man. Okay, um, so in, in our last episode, in just our last episode, we talked about your new signings. How did you think they did? Um, personally, well, we'll talk about that when we get tactical approach. But how, how did you think their new signings did? Um, I think what's his name? The the uh, b- both from Juventus, but the Betancourt. um Kol- Kol- off the right wing did a really great job. I it was it was one very good game from him in my opinion, and I I think Tottenham used the wings very well. I I I think Conte has evolved, and we talked about him not having the kind of players he probably. Has had throughout his managerial career at Tottenham, and we can see an evolution in his style of play. The thing is, the way that the way that the Serie works is not the same as the Premier League. You get, and I didn't. Have, I was not under any illusion. You get that he needed the same kind of players because you can't be playing Vidal in the Premier League. Like you can watch the match against Liverpool, he couldn't compete with Premier League midfielders. You get yeah. like you can't do that because in the Premier League it's about more energy and you have to play very quickly. You can see Betanko, he had a very terrible game because he couldn't play anything. The match was too intense. You get in the Premier League, you don't get as much time on the ball. That's why players like Bruno Fernandez, De Bruyne, they deserve all the accolades you get because they have to create very quickly. Yeah, and I, I people people usually get frustrated with. Bruno Fernandez when he does what he does, I I feel he does the job of linking up the midfield and attack very perfectly. And those those passes he plays sometimes don't work and it's frustrating. But when they work, they're beautiful to see. What's his name? Uh, yeah, Rodrigo Bantaco did not have a good game. <laughs> and it's it's normal to be honest. I think I now this I'm I'm not sure he'll come good, but. I think he'll come good. He has a very good manager um, who's looking after him. And I think he'll come good. So, um, how... <laughs> Mind you, Conte doesn't look after players. He will bench you and he will get rid of you. <laughs> no, but I, when I say look after, I don't mean um, pampering the player like <laughs> some people do. I mean making sure he performs at his best and that's that's yeah. man management for me. It, um, man management doesn't have to be talking calmly to players or having to apologize to your players in press conferences. That's embarrassing, actually. But man management, it's sometimes players may never be happy with the man management. But the whole goal of man management, I've, I've been talking about MC football from the holistic, holistic perspective, is that um, your player gets Improved. to the level they should be performing at. 
that's that's totally it. That's I I I agree that Kulusevski had a very good game. He played with so much energy, and I was so impressed. Cause this is a guy that I've been watching right from his days in Parma, in the Serie mm. A, like, and he's always been very energetic. I don't think he's not blessed with blistering pace, but he's not slow either. You get, yeah. he can he can take on players, but he does not rely on his speed. You get. He relies on his movement of the ball, and when he has the ball, he he makes use of the position of his teammates. You get, and he so, does that really well. Really yes. Well. So if you check, like that's that's really his his strong suit. And what I did expect from him was the energy and the the desire that he showed in that game. For somebody that's not playing the Premier League, like the way he felt and he played, like. That match meant a lot. You get to him. That's why you see players like, you know, they're very good, but you don't see them playing with so much desire because they don't really understand the rivalry yet. They just came. You get. Yeah. But you can see that he was he was playing like he has been playing with Conte like for a very long time. Like he was just so into the game, tracking back, defending, and pushing counter even in the dying minutes. Like he was still running with the ball. Like. It was so it was so wonderful to watch. Like it was so wonderful to watch. You can be creative and still have a good engine. Like that's yeah. one thing that he that really shown like in that match yeah. for him. It was it was clear for everyone to see. And so I I feel it's going to be for Conte. Um Antonio likes hardworking players. We talked about um we talked about the fact that um, we are going to go into tactical perspective. First of all, for Pep Guardiola, and because he lost that game, so we're not going to spend a lot of time on that. And then for um, what's his name, Antonio Conte. But um, quickly, we talked about the fact that um, um, Dejan um, was going to serve as a link between the midfield and the attack. And did he quite do that in that game? Did he? Um, okay, <laughs> that's that will be going into into Tottenham's tactics. Let's let's get into one of these tactics. What did you make of their tactics? And I. I feel Pep got his spot on. He was just outsmarted by Antonio Conte. Mm, not really outsmarted because Conte did not do anything like that hasn't been done to Pep before. You get, you can remember yeah. when we had that record against Manchester. Yeah, we're, we're, winning, we're always winning. So my United, uh, Manchester is always vulnerable on the break, and just like Bielsa, Gajela is the kind of a stubborn coach. You get. Until he loses twice against you, then he starts getting really creative when it's time to play you. Because yeah. against Tottenham, I don't think he expected that kind of game from Tottenham because their line was so high, but they just had this confidence that <clears throat> Tottenham wouldn't perform well enough. You get to take advantage I, of that yeah, high line. I, I don't know why. Like it, it baffles me how high he plays because I, I've seen I. I saw average positions. I mean, at that point, Man United were horrible. But I saw average positions of players against Man United. And even his defensive midfielder was just outside our box. <laughs> that's it. That's how you play possession-based football. But what Tottenham did is, Tottenham totally played a response to what Gajola was doing. There yeah. was no half space to play in. Although I know that they got, they got a few chances. But we can see in these matches that that's the difference between a Manchester team and the other teams, other big teams in the world right now. They have game changers, and Manchester do not. I reference that match against PSG. You get where Manchester was dominating, but they kept hitting the bar. And PSG scored two goals: one from Aguero and one from Leo Messi. Messi. Yeah. yeah. So that's what happens when you don't have a game. I'm sure that Guardiola would have just been licking his lips and saying. If only I had Harry Kane. Like, yeah. right now, because that's the kind of play that he can bring to the table. And that's why when he didn't get Harry Kane, he went for Ronaldo, you get, because those kind of players, no matter how complete your team is and how tricky and hardworking the rest of the players are, it does not beat these special players, you get, because they can just rise to the occasion. Any day that they are feeling up to it, like, they are just unplayable. Trust me, Gadiola knows. He experienced it with, with Bayern. Bayern was, his Bayern team was so good, but they couldn't do anything against Ronaldo. Like, when Ronaldo was at Real Madrid, you get. Yeah. So, those kind of players, they just... 
it shows you that even though you are with a good team and you're playing against them, you could lose. Like because in the moment they could just produce something that you didn't expect. And personally, like the way Manchester plays is actually something I'm a big fan of. You get, but you can't you can't allow them play you can't allow Tottenham play those passes in behind when you're playing that high. And I feel like they could have started that match with Fernandinho instead of Rodri. I feel like even at this at this age, Fernandinho reads the game better than Rodri. And he does. Totally. He would have been he would have totally been able to occupy Kane and not let him get the chance to play those passes. And and, he, and also um Tottenham used a lot of counter attacks in that game and that's that's something I feel that Fernandinho would have handled very well. Yes, because he knows he, how to break up the play. Yeah. So that's something that I think he would have done differently on his part, but I feel like he's trying to get to to get Rotary in that team you get in the long run for the long run and all that. So but I feel like some people had subpar games. I, I I was not a fan of having Bernardo Silva out on the flank. I feel like he's always better in midfield. Mm-hmm. Playing in midfield. Gondogan did not have a bad game, but I didn't think he had a good de- game either. He scored though, but a lot of things were missing from his game. He couldn't he couldn't get any space to do anything with the ball. You get. And for the first time, the Bruins had zero expected goals and zero expected assists. <laughs> well, but there, there was there was this one chance where I forgot what it was. It was it was goal bound. It was it was a corner kick for the Bruins. And I feel what's his name, the defender. Um, what's his name, the new guy from Benfica, Romero. Is it? No, 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 no. For from for Benfica. Man City. Okay, for Ruben Man City. Diaz. Yeah, Ruben Diaz. I feel he he took the ball away from. I feel that corner was on target. It was going to either be a save from Loris or going to be a goal. And um, um, what? Oh my. Okay, the one that he tried to knock not to the far post so that somebody no, else can finish. No, the the one where um, Diaz used his leg to. He tried to push the ball in. It was really close to the post, and I feel it was going. But that's by the way. Um, since 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 we're here. Um, what do you think quickly before we get into Anthony Conte's tactics? What do you think is more challenging? Um, we've talked about managers being stubborn. Um, I I, I feel the stubbornness is in the sense that um, it it tries to cover sustainability and long term plans, and then um, flexibility of managers is just the opposite of stubbornness. Um, what do you think is the more challenging thing to win the Champions League? Now, I'm not talking about the euphoria that comes with the trophy or the strata on which the trophy is placed. I'm talking about sustainability, long-term, basically challenge. What do you think is more challenging to between winning the Champions League and winning any league? The league, the league where there's 38 games. I feel like it's, it's always going to be a league because a cup, you can get lucky in a cup, but yeah, you can't you can't win a league by luck. You can't, but you can win a cup by luck. In the league, you have to play to your best even to the last game because some of the leagues like go down even to the last game of the yeah. season. Yeah, talking about leagues, and I totally agree with you. Man City have automatically turned on the title, Liverpool, and I, I probably could imagine Liverpool players licking their lips. At that, at that game, and <laughs> thanking, thanking Harry Kane, lucky stars. That's the funny thing. Like I told you when we were doing this preview about Tottenham Man City, this is the Premier League. You get there is no guarantee that you're going to win any game. There is no way that you can be sure that you're going to win any game because even the small team has have big players now. So you can't you can't even say, "Yeah, I'm going to win this guy." I'm going to. You're not going to have. You're not going to have all the chances in the game. And before anybody plays in the Premier League, there's a certain level of quality you get that they have proven like to possess. So it's really it's really difficult to so much. Okay, um so I'm um, quickly answering Conte's tactics. Um he 
obviously Pep is, I think, in my opinion, the best manager in the world currently. Um, and Antonio Conte had to um, block what Pep, what Pep had planned. I also had to play through breaks. I think all the goals were from breaks and well executed to achieve his own plan. And it works for him, didn't it? Yes, it did. He had the players to play what he had in mind. And luckily for him, like most of his players, the players that he needed were fit. Today, I think it was only Regulia that was that was kind of missing in the match, but the rest were very good to go. The rest were fit and good to go. So mm-hmm. now, the way Man City play, they basically play so wide. They are wingers play so wide, and then. That creates a space between the full backs of the opponents and and the center back. Now that space is where they are they are attacking midfielders. Like you call them central midfielders, but when they play, they play like attacking midfielders. That's where that's where players like um De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva when he's playing in midfield and Gondoka. Yeah, those yeah. are the spaces that they try to attack. Now, when Conte plays five at the back, now you can see that what it has created is a situation where they have two centre backs that can now watch those half spaces, and they also have full backs that can support. And if you check at the point where Manchester was really pressuring them and all that, you could see that they even went to a back seven. Yeah, you get. Yeah, that's yeah. further limiting that half space, the space in the half space. I don't know why he didn't start Mares because Mares has been one of their most informed players this season. And, but it's and Mares is the only player I think in Man City. Uh, I I mean I'll I'll call Grealish, but he, he's not firing right now. Is it, Mares is the only player in Man City I think that can break through a Conte team because I I watched Inter Milan when Conte was the manager and specific mentions the game against Barca. I mean Barca won that game to nil in the Champions League, but. It was frustrating for about 70 minutes. For, and for me, who likes Barca, it was really frustrating to watch. What I, it, it, it was like there was it was like there was a line that... But I, the first goal was literally Luis Suarez having to stretch his leg past the defensive line to score. And it's, 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 it's very beautiful when managers... Um, I, I feel football players are just players that know how to play football. And then managers are there to direct them, and that that that's what I feel, and that's what actually, um, it's it's very beautiful when managers get their defensive tactics right, and that's why till date, a person who is finished as a manager, but till date I respect what he's achieved, <laughs> what he's achieved as a defensive manager, what he's used, what he's used, um, the the very very conservative tactics to achieve, and a Conte executed. His style of play, his style of play is conservative as well, very well. And Scott the game, usually it will be having to stop City from scoring, which is very difficult. But then he managed to soak up that pressure and ask, and had his team out score City. It was brilliant. Okay. So Hello, I didn't get you. Oh, oh, everything? No, I didn't get the last thing that you said. I said Conte managed to soak up the pressure from Man City. I, I, I talked about it being really hard. To, usually, usually, what yeah. Conte will do is to try to stop you from scoring. Yes. But that's very difficult to do against the City side. So he Yeah, go. that's usually what he does. And then... The way he tried to play was basically Hurricane was supposed to drop and play that final pass because in that midfield, I don't think they had they had a playmaker. You get a dedicated playmaker in that midfield. So the plan was always for Hurricane to either go long to Son or go short to Kulusevsky. Kulusevsky is someone else that likes to come deep, you get, to pick up the ball. You get, so that was basically the options that they had in attack, you get. And sometimes they try to play out and they defended with their lives. I don't think, like, the only way that Tottenham was going to have a chance is if they played the way they played. Yeah, actually, actually. But 
it still didn't mean that they totally rendered Man City helpless in the match because Man City had some good chances you get to kill off mm-hmm. that game and all that. But I feel like Tottenham wanted it more, and the whole team was pushed to the limit to get to get it out of them. And Hurricane was up for that match. It was it was as if he was just saying, "Yeah, see what you missed." I'm right here, and you, you could have invested whatever Levy was asking for. Well, I I don't know if Harry is going to get his big move, to be honest, because he has a lot of years left on his contract. An awful lot of years. At least three years. I don't, is it up to three years? I think it will be two years by summer. Okay. Well, anyway, we're leaving for this segment. And on next segment, um, it's Valencia versus Barcelona. And in that game, there is an interesting thing because Avmayang scored a hat-trick and one of those goals was just a shot that came off him. I'm stay tuned. I'm Chene Dumawa, co-host of the podcast. Thank you. All right. Welcome back uh, for this segment. It's Barca's game against Valencia. Um, game in there. One goal to four goals in favor of Barca. Pierre-Marc Aboyang in his home in his La Liga debut got a hat-trick. Uh, and quickly, Precious, what did you think of that game? The game was a good game. It was a good game on Barcelona's side. I feel like they played very well and they pressed and created very great chances for the striker to 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 so score. Properly. Yeah, and he finished properly. Um, I I feel like what's his name? Um, Frankie De Jong's goal was a well-worked team goal. I I. I could see that he had been practicing training a lot, and it was it was so great to see. Um, we've, we've we've talked about how that. Um, I don't know if he has the tactical achievement to win the Champions League for them already. So how we know Barca should be winning these things. However, I don't know is that he's building up them and he's taking them back back to the basics of what La Masia, what La Masia is, what's what Barca football should be. Yeah. Okay, so um, that's 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 what I feel Xavi is doing for Barca. Okay, so um, I feel like the way Xavi is playing, I feel like there's a future with that squad. Although I think the centre back issue has to be sorted. Yeah, like, I don't think, I don't think um. Eric Garcia is all that, and partnering him with Pique is is not going to work in big matches because he's not the quickest defender out there. That's Eric Garcia. Now, getting someone like Abu Mayang was was a good idea. You get, I feel like Abu Mayang is a way better buy than Ferran Torres and and um, Adama Traore. But we'll see about that. He had a great game and. I can't wait to see what else he has. He has how that. how do you please um how how do you first of all what are your opinions on what's his name? Um Ronald Araujo. I think he's a very great center back. And I don't know, it seems it's very difficult to find the center backs in this time of football for some reason. Um and then who do you think Will be available in the summer, or who do you think in center in um in world football in football in Europe as we know it would pair Ronald Arrow because I think he's a great center back. Could you think will complement his strengths? I don't think that Barcelona is going to be in the market for a center back, and he's not not a world class one that that would be on our list. Maybe a Camara and all that. The guy that 
Man United was going after. You know, he plays in defensive midfield, but he's also a centre back, like when needed. And that might be the kind of player that Barcelona is looking for. You guys, but what I saw was them suffocating the space and then pressing the opponents into their own into their own box and all that. But it was a good it was a good game of football. Valencia actually tried to to fight it like after half time, just like any team would. To yeah. reduce the deficit. But that other goal, I think it was Pedri that now scored the final goal and that was it. The funny thing is that it was not counted as Pedri's goal. Because the ball came off Abumayang's back and then it was awarded to him. So he wow. got a hat trick in that game. Wait, Abumayang got the hat trick in that game. Yep. He did. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, so I feel I... like he has a good project going on there. A proper mixture of youth and experience. And experience, yeah. So I think I think he has a good mix going on there and I'm, was... I'm excited for what next because they have good players. You could have somebody like Dest playing if he could be integrated into the squad fully. I, I was going to ask you how you play Ferran Torres at team. Where do you see him playing? How do you see him playing? Do you see a future for him at Basha? If, if Ferran I'm Torres. Being, yeah, if I'm being, uh, how do you put it? Brutally honest. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm not even trying to be honest. Now, if I'm being, like, if if I say okay from from my own personal preferences, I don't, I don't really rate him that well. I don't really rate him too much because I don't. I think I know he's. I know he's a player that's still learning his trade. You get, but I don't think he has done enough. You get to to be playing. Consistently, you get for one of the best teams in the world, like in history. So, I think, I think, I think he's going to he's going to try and come off well, but I don't think he's going to hold down that spot for too long. Okay, so um, the, the, there's of Javi not playing. I I actually thought Ricky Puig again. We said we did not understand why Don Evandi was not playing for Manchester United. I honestly, sincerely, and I don't know any what again to use to say this. I don't understand why Ricky Puig does not play for Barca. Well, that's up to them. That's. <laughs> I feel like he he has great energy, but if you look at that midfield, I don't think he's he's as talented as the guys that start, and that's the problem. Okay, who starts? I think against Valencia, they started with. Bushgirt, De Jong, and and uh, Gavi. And then okay. Gavi has so much energy and industry. De Jong, you know, very expensive player, and we all know the calmness that he has on the ball and all that. He so, does not. Ricky does not even get game the bench. So it's not. It's not. It's not even a matter of being talented enough. I. They have I players. They have players that come on. That's the point because at this point I don't think he I don't think he should have stayed at Barcelona. You get because all this while it must have been surely been obvious to him. You get that he wasn't he wasn't needed here. You get because because I don't think I don't think he's good enough to play for Barcelona on a consistent basis day in day out. I don't think I know he's good. He has a good engine and he had. A few good performances, like when Lionel Messi was there, and then, but I don't think I don't think he's good enough to to deserve uh, a starting spot for Barcelona. Yeah, but a, a starting spot for Barcelona, maybe off the bench in matches that have already been decided. But the way the way Javi's job is going now, he can't really just give out chances like that to get. He has mm. to he has to try and. And play his best team at all times. Well, you know, that's that, that that's very sad. I, I I for one think um Ricky is Ricky is a really good player. Um, so we've talked about Xavi and how he needs time. Well, 
I like the way Barca plays, to be honest. And it's it's beautiful football. Um, we had doubts over whether um Javid could come in and replace, sorry, um, replicate the performances at outside with Barca. And we've seen glimpses. I we we've seen more than glimpses, to be honest. And it's beautiful to see that um we. What's happening at Barca? For every well, I mean, <laughs> not for some football fans, obviously, rival fans and all of that stuff. Um, rival fans want to see them in their lowest. But Barca will rise again, and and I'm I'm more sure that Barca will rise from what I can see than Man United. I'm sure. I'm. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a problem with my connection. I think there's a problem with my connection. Okay, I, I see that there's, there's, there's more assurance to me from what I can see that Barca will rise again than there is for Man United. <laughs> I, we we talked about Barca fixing the problem. The problem was the president, and they got someone competent enough to replace him. Now, Man United, it's um. It's the Glazers and Richard Arnold that talking on appointing a new manager. And the Glazers and Richard Arnold don't know anything about football. Yeah, I feel like that. I feel like Barcelona is receiving the right direction. You get, and they're they're trying to they're trying to do it the right way because if you check their director of football and all that, and all the people that make footballing decisions at their club, you can see that. They, they are actually competent, and in that sense alone, they are, they've already gone far ahead, more than Manchester, Manchester United. So, alright, I'm quickly. Just we're, we're just going to run through the Champions League preview in this segment. So it's going to be three segments. Um, um, Juventus, or rather, Villarreal played Juventus today. That game is. Your predictions, precious. I think Juventus is going to win. They are going to yeah, win two one. Okay, two one. I would say three one for Juventus. Oh, no, well, I'm going for a draw to be honest, considering current form. So it's one one for me or two two. And then the next game for this night is Chelsea versus LOSC. Uh, I I I would really like to watch that game. I would be watching that game. I would I would really I really love to watch that game. I don't think Leo has been having a bad season in the league one, so I don't know how well they are going to perform against Chelsea, but hopefully Are you expecting an upset? No, I'm not. I'm totally not. Prediction. Oh uh, predictions, prediction Chelsea to win. Chelsea to win, yeah. I am also going for Chelsea win to new. On Wednesday, a United player, Atletico Madrid play United at the Wanda, Wanda Metropolitano Stadium. Um, Yannick Carrasco is serving the band currently, so he will not be playing that game. Um, how do you see our chances of winning that game? It's very, it's very, it's very, it's very clear that. It's going to be an uphill battle because of our dear club <laughs> that is involved in this. But I think we are going to win that match. I don't yeah, think, because... even though they won, like I don't think they're in very good, good form. And I don't, I don't really know about the match, but I know that that round we are going to proceed. Yes, okay. We're going to, yeah. We're going sure. to proceed, even if we don't. Even if we don't win this first leg or maybe the second one which I feel like we're going to proceed because and then if we want to score early goal yeah that would really throw really be important throw the, throw the team off and all that uh, the, the next game on, on Wednesday is Benfica against Ajax <laughs> I think Ajax wins that comfortably comfortably really comfortably he's having a good season though but I still back Ajax to win yeah, I, I actually have been playing very, 
very very it's very good football very yeah. awesome okay. football. yeah so i think that's i think that's it i think ayas is going ayas's quality is going to show those guys yeah, are doing bad in their league yes yeah i really hope uh, that they go further they go further in this year's champions league yeah yeah we i really do that's it for us precious that's it for us yeah yeah thanks for having that's me on podcast. thanks for staying true and um i do this every episode um so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read out a number for you. If if you have if you have um, if you have problems if you're struggling with your mental health, you want to talk to someone. There's a toll free number you can call from anywhere in Nigeria. It's toll free, which means that no time can no time will be required. You can call at any time of the day. Number is zero eight zero zero eight zero zero two zero zero zero. That's zero eight zero zero. Eight zero zero two zero zero zero. Thank you for staying true. Yeah, thank you very much. All right, bye. Bye.